As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Ground am Jamie J. Morrison of The Athletic. Excited to be with you on part two, the sequel uh, to yesterday's episode as we wrap up everything uh, that is going on here with the Bengals. There's just too much to get to, so we broke it up into two parts. And today, Jay, it's time for us to dive into this team's offseason. It's like the HTPG time machine. We're recording the intro after the outro, before the outro, before we get into part two. Which is fit just like Back to the Future part two, where they go to the future and the past. Yeah. And then they end up with a different present. No Biff Tannen in this episode, though, unfortunately. So, although who, who would be Biff Tannen? Who would be the, is Patrick Mahomes Biff? Is Ron Torbert Biff? <laughs> yeah, it's probably Ron. Or Raj. Yeah, Raj. Yeah. Raj is definitely Biff Tannen. Good point. Raj up in the top of the uh, penthouse, you know, in the hot tub. Uh, someone's going to make that. Someone's going to make that yeah. meme and put Raj's face <laughs> on Biff Tannen trying to shoot Marty McFly now. Uh, all right. We, we, bad. Wor- great wormhole. Great wormhole is what that was. Uh, let's talk Bengals offseason. Tons to get to uh, from this conversation that we recorded and broke into two parts yesterday. So uh, let's get to it. Let's let's sort of just talk through the offseason here real quick. Um, again, we'll dive more deeper into some of the specific decisions, but we do want to kind of hit on everything here. Um, cap space. They have the fourth most at $44 million. Uh, the cap was officially set at two twenty five, which is about where I think it was estimated to be. Um, so they've got a decent amount of money. The Burrow extension is first and foremost, as Zach Taylor said yesterday, and we've been talking about forever. They're going to, they're going to start immediately on that. It's they're, they're making, they're ready. They have prepared themselves financially. They have prepared themselves, uh, in the way they operated last year, keeping their, all of a sudden their cash was way low last year because they're rolling it on over. Um, you know, all these things, the way they've structured things, it's all set up for this. They've been ready for it. No, no, no one's, they're not roll, waking up today being like, oh, do we pay Burrow today? Is that today? <laughs> right? Like, no, this has been a, a two-year process of them preparing for it. Hence, Paycor and the Allegiant Gate and the Altafiber Gate and Kettering Health and the Bubble as is sponsored and and everything else, and everyone's buying everything. I mean, look, they they're, they're, they set this up properly. They're ready to go. They're ready to do it. They know what it's going to look like and, and, and prepare to put out. Here's an important thing to remember. I think one thing, when this conversation starts, it goes one way, right? It's, okay, does this mean the rookie deal is over? No. Start there. It does not mean the rookie deal is over. It, the, it, the, the changes start. The clock ticks. 
But the way these things are typically structured, these big ones have been, and that's going to be important. Burrow's structure, like any of these big quarterback ones, is going to be way more important than the money. The money's just going to be astronomical. But it's going to be important. How does it, when does it hit? How does it really hit you? How are they taking that on? You know, and typically the way most of these gone, if you're going by the Josh Allen structure, let's say, let's just say you're looking at that. Um, you know, Josh Allen goes from, I mean, he, he wasn't some massive hit this year. August of 2021 is when Josh Allen uh, made his big deal. Okay. And at that point, he went from, here, let me, I have it right here in front of me. Um, you know, Josh Allen's total deal, I should say, six years, 43 million per, 100 full guaranteed, 150 million total guaranteed. But, his cap number the first year was still 10 million. I mean, it was still small. Then the next year, this this it was this season, he was 16. Next year it goes up to 39. It eventually tops out at 51. You're getting there eventually. It takes a couple of years for the true cap hell, so to speak, to really hit. Um, so that's important. You you probably, based on how they'll probably structure this and how it will go, you're you're probably looking at two years, two more years of good rookie window with this with the last one being you're starting to feel it maybe a little bit more mm -hmm. um but we really really can still take advantage of it that should still continue depending on on how they structure it and again there's cash conversations involved and i don't want to get in the weeds of that but i think that's the important thing if your takeaway of what am i what 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 should i know about this i think that's the important thing you, you still can build quite a team a, a, around him for the next couple of years how about a run passer boot on, okay. on the, on the timing of the, we didn't discuss this ahead of time. It just came to me, but you've got it in your story where this is the first domino. It, everything else is going to be predicated on that. What do they ink the Joe Burrow extension before the, the start of the new league year, which is middle of March, somewhere in the first week, let's say first two weeks of the new league year, or after the first two weeks of the league new year. Let's do this. Can we? Can I adjust that? Yeah, sure. Uh, before the new league year, from uh, new league year start to, let's say, mid July. Let's say. Let's say when they do the franchise tag deadline, just for the sake of picking a date, and or during camp, right? We see a lot, I mean, mm. a lot of extensions get done in August. A lot Usually, of conversations yes. happen. So potentially you could see it get pushed back closer to a deadline there, I guess, potentially. There's, you know, I I would run like hell with before the new mm. league year. I, I, I just think they're, I just think they want to get it done. I think Burrow wants to get it done. I think they want to get it done. I think they're going to be aggressive in getting it done. There's so much details to knock out, but I think they've kind of been, let's be honest, Katie's probably had exactly what she wants it to look like and they want it to look like. They got to talk through a lot of points for a long time now, so it's not like they're starting from scratch. All right, 1A.2. <laughs> like, no. Like, it's... The, the templates are in place. They want to get in front of Herbert and maybe Lamar Jackson or whoever, anything else. Anybody else ends up going off Hurts. I don't know. Um, they're going to want to get in early. I, I I would run with that. I would. It'd be the middle part almost feels like it would be weirder. Like it goes one of two yeah. ways. They're either going to let it run out and, and end up kind of like a lot of them get done. And it ends up in that right before camp period that a lot of ones happen or they go early. So maybe I'm going to I'm going to I'm actually going to boot the middle part. I'm going to say the least mm -hmm. likely is the middle and then so my second most likely would be sometime in the like right before camp to the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Even if we were just going to go 2 weeks, the first 2 weeks of the, the new league year, I would have booted that because it's tied to wanting to get it done first. And if you don't get it done by that deadline, then all of a sudden I mean you're more focused on got your own guys you want to resign any new free agents you want to even look at. I, I, that they are going to want to get it done early. And like you said, Joe Burrow is going to want to get it done early before all that stuff happens. It, 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 it's all tied together. It affects what you do with him affects everything else. Um, and then once you 
hit that deadline of the new league year, then it, it becomes less important to get it done fast. And, and you could see them saying, okay, you, you maybe even, even, I mean, knowing who the Bengals are, the moves they make once the new league year starts can kind of be used as, as leverage a little bit in, in the discussions of what this, the structuring of the borough kind of is like, well, we didn't get it done. Now we got to do this. So now you're going to have to make a concession here and you could see it happening when most of these happen around that training camp time. Yeah. And, and it's important, you know, when people say, well, it shouldn't affect free agency or sign. Well, but you know, you're not signing guys in free agency or your own free agents to one year deals. Well, mm. a few, but the, the important ones that really, where you're really concerned about what it looks like are, are longer than that. And so you would like to know what year three looks like, what year two looks like before yeah. when you're really, and what, what you're able to get done to clear your space. If Burrow does, if you, if you do get in there and Burrow's like, you know what, let's do this for less. If you can keep T, talk to T and, and say, look, if we clear this much more, will you do it? And, and if he says, if he says yes, and Burrow says, all right, let's do that. Give, give T the extra bit that you were going to give me in the guarantee. It's like, okay, let's take this. Joe Burrow says, oh, you, you guys are offering me 170 million guaranteed. Wow. That's very, that's, that's great, man. It's going to be very fantastic for the food banks across America, right? Like, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Make that 150. Give 20, 20 million of it to T. Like, if that happens, it changes everything, okay? Or, get, you know, and, and put some to Jamar, whatever it is, whatever he said. Like, you don't, like, who the hell knows? I don't know. Joe Burrow's been different in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. I have no idea. So, I think it's. I think it's all on the table. What actually happens in those conversations when they fully get down? That said, I think they know what. They, I think both sides know kind of what they want to do, what they're looking for, and the Bengals are going to be happy to try to make it work. However, Joe would like to make it work, and so for that reason, I do think it happens fast, and it does affect things. So let's talk a little bit about some of the free agents that are on the plate right now, and and how you go forward with that. You know, when you really look at it, and we get you get obsessed with these names like Mo was saying. You know, a lot of fans they love this team. Everyone has played such a role. They've kind of their depth has been so important. You get a little taken aback by the number of names that are free agents. But really, if you're looking at what their kind of projected starters would be, if you were just rolling this team over, um, it's you're only talking about four projected starters that are free agents. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're talking about Hayden Hurst on offense. That's it. Think about that. I mean, 10 of your 11 starters can come back if you want them to. Um, and that's a key here, too, if you want them to. <laughs> Defens defensive side of the ball, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Jermaine Pratt. I'm not counting Eli Apple as a projected starter because he's not. Mm. Cam Taylor-Britt and Cheetah Bay-Wouzier and Mike Hilton are projected starters there. So three guys on your defense. I mean, that's your whole defensive line is back. Again, if assuming you want everybody back, your continuity is still there. From a player perspective, as much continuity as you want to have, if that's important to you, and you have room to add or to extend, and I think that's going to be, you know, this is where you reach the reinvest in your own draft, develop, retain. That has been so much the core of who the Bengals want themselves to be. I think is going to continue to show itself because they don't have a glaring need like they did last year. Invest in the line, boom, right. Use that money on the line. Now it's invest in yourself. Invest in sustainability. Invest in continuity, which is who they ultimately have always wanted to be and, and have been for the duration of Duke Tobin and, and his philosophy here. I mean, you, you talked about with how it, it, it flips fast and you have to pivot immediately. That's while Bengal fans are still nursing this, this loss hangover for a couple of days, the scouts and Duke – Go straight from Kansas City to Mobile. They're down there right now, grinding, looking at these prospects. It is. It becomes more and more important on hitting on these guys, uh, hitting in the draft. And it, it's a great point that you brought up about projected starters that you want back. Because I think, I think everybody, the, the the ones that are scheduled to come back on defense, I think are in good shape. But um, I don't want to give away the thrust of your part two of your a, yeah. Your your series, but it's it's a big question. There's a couple of starters, projected starters on that offense. That do they want them back? Do they want do they want to clear some more cap space 
and part ways with guys like Lael Collins and Joe Mixon. And it's all part of the, that some very important decisions that need to be made and that are tied in one way or another to what they're going to do with Joe Burrow. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let me quickly kind of run through a quick take on the main free agents, just straight free agents Mm -hmm. that they're going to be in conversations with and kind of likelihood of them coming back. Again, I have it more specifically and more detailed in the story, but, you know, I think Jermaine Pratt is unlikely to come back. I think that's... You know, he's talked about, I'm going to be a three-down linebacker somewhere next year. And it's hard to know if they would want him to be that here. They have young guys in the pipeline. We know what happened after the game. He did apologize kind of about how it all mm-hmm. went down. And we talked about that a little bit. But again, what he said, he told me, I absolutely want to be back. But if they don't want me back, then, you know, I ain't going to be back. Okay? And basically, if they don't want me to be a three-down linebacker, and he's going to have offers, um, that, to me, that's why it all it points to Jermaine Pratt, um, kind of from what we've heard, not not coming back. Jesse Bates, Jay, you wrote about him today. And, and mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about him a little bit more. Because the way he's talked the last couple of days, you know, and things that he's said, I think are a factor here as we evaluate this. I think it felt like there was a grand canyon between the Bengals bringing Jesse Bates back and and not right. It was like just mm-hmm. there's no way, right? There's these two sides have tried three times. It's been contentious at times. But when you hear the wistfulness <laughs> that Jesse Bates talks about this team and and f- his evolution, and you wrote about it, Jay, and the way how close everyone is here and how much he loves it here and how much he feels connected here. He also said he is quote not in a position in life to just give up $10 million for his <laughs> legacy and his family. Okay, and guess what? I fully anticipate there being a gap of ten plus million dollars between where the Bengals offer has and will stand, and what other teams are going to be willing to do for him. Fully expect that. I think he'll get paid a lot of money. How much? I mean, I would say there's a there's a chance that he could say, you know what? That money is close enough. I am really happy here. I really do like it here. I, I like the way they've treated me. I like the coaching staff. I like my teammates. I, I, I like playing in big games. I, I that maybe I, I'm willing to admit some wrongs. Maybe I viewed it wrong in the past. You know, I would I would say door slightly ajar in that respect from kind of reading what we know. Okay. That said. Still a long shot. Mm. Still likely going to end up money. Money talks, right? Like he can't give up. It's it's about money. He didn't come this far and double down bet on himself twice, right? To like all of a sudden be like and just not take what he earned if if the money is that big and different, which I think it probably will be. That said, the way he's talked, it does make you think that maybe there's a chance that he he values that stuff too. What is that? What is that worth? What is that number? I don't know. Yeah. And, and when does that epiphany strike? If it does, when, you know, if it, if it hits him once he starts negotiating with other teams and free agency that it, it just, the timing of that would not be, be ideal. I just, I think it's just Jesse. I don't, this is not him, uh, trying to, to leverage anything. I, he, it's just him being brutally honest about, I think knowing that his time here is done is allowing him to to say some of these things and and feeling like it's it's a final step and and reflecting on the time here, what it meant to him, um, what the guys in the locker room have meant to him. When I did the Q and A with him back in November, I think it was, you you could already tell that he was expecting it. It was it was, it was almost like the writing was on the wall before the season yeah. even began with the with the the way that the. Um, franchise tag thing played out and and now the way you hear him talk um you're right it's that that whole that never say never thing is always in play but um 
I mean, I know we're going to go down this list. I, I have to admit, I, I, I was surprised to see you have, you had Jesse at 10 and Eli Apple at four. I, I would think Jesse is the least likely of any of these uh, free agents to, to be back just because of the, the circumstances and, and how much money is going to be offered him elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, you, you know, who knows what the market eventually ends up saying uh, mm-hmm. for him. So it's, it's hard to know. I just think because the other thing is if you do give the money to Jesse, you're letting Vaughn go. Right. And, and mm-hmm. it's them something they valued, right? They valued the younger guy. You're getting the younger guy. You're then you're playing Bates and Dax next to each other instead of Dax and Vaughn Bell next to each other. I think there's a little bit of, you know, you make the one last offer to Jesse, see if it's good enough. And whatever he, if he says no, then you give Vaughn what he'd like and, and bring him back. I, I think that the obvious, I, I have Vaughn at 75% to come back. I, I think that's mm-hmm. where this ends is Jesse gets way more money, says no, they give Vaughn and find a way to get that done. Vaughn and Dax Hill play next to each other, just like you thought was going to be the plan a year ago, the, at the, you know, the night of the first round of the draft. Um, I do have Eli Apple at – it's over. I just think it's over. I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt played so well. Cam, Cam Taylor-Britt, this was the plan, right? Get Eli Apple as a one-year insurance policy, draft a corner, hope that that guy develops to be able to be your future, okay? And and he did. He played great. He's your starter. Your your starters are Chidabay Wuzier, Cam Taylor-Britt, and Mike Hilton – and you got to talk about depth, and it's important to have cornerback depth without question. I just think someone's going to probably—I don't know. I, I just think that it's—it's it's kind of—it just seems like it's over with that. You're dealing with kind of the show that Eli Apple is. Yeah, that's it. The hassle to be a backup corner, like you—they're you, probably going to draft another guy, right? I mean, you're going to want to draft, continue to fill that room with young players. And you can get other veteran corners that can come in and play for you. And I know there's like the continuity and stuff. I just feel like it is a headache. Like it, it may be something they accept and have even embraced at time, but it is a headache. All the extra stuff with Eli. I mean, he is the ideal number four cornerback. He, he would be cheap and you know he can step in and play in a pinch. And but that's it. Is is the headache worth it? Is the sideshow worth it? Um, where, where do they come down on that? Are they willing to to put up with that again? And that's that's the question, the bigger question in this, um, along with who else is going to step in and say, yeah, we want to we want to bring that guy into our building. If there's no other options out there. Yeah, maybe he does come back here, and he is, like I said, he's a. He's what you want in a number four corner, a guy that can step in there and and hold things down in the event of injury. Um, but yeah, there's you, you won. Even it wasn't that bad until after the Buffalo game this year, and then all the, the shots he was taking at the Bills and those players that 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 might have given this team a little extra pause about do they want him as, as a part of this moving forward? Yeah, I mean, after every game, I mean, towards the end, every win, it's just and and. Again, that's part of who their attitude kind of has been. And, you know, we heard Zach Taylor talk a little bit about the way they want to represent themselves, the way they want to represent the city Mm -hmm. and handling things internally that might have gone too far. You know, maybe that's about Burrowhead. Maybe that's (laughs) about the mayor. It's funny that he mentioned the city representing itself as part of a lot of those conversations. But, I mean, you know, I do think that's, that's, that's part of it, too. You know, is how you rep- how they're representing themselves and representing the city, and and I think that's going to be a part of the conversations, and, and why I have it so low. Um, I fully expect a rookie to be in the mix in the backup, a rookie and some other vet, yeah, in in the in the mix as as backups there behind those guys. Um, all right, Hayden Hurst. I don't know, man. The tight ends, it's they're they're starting over, like tight ends are all up. You can start from scratch. You like Hayden Hurst? Cool. You want to draft Michael Mayer? Cool. You want to go the free agent route again, some other direction? Cool. You, I mean, whatever. You, the the NFL world is is open. Is their oyster right? And a lot of friggin' tight ends are gonna want to come play for Joe Burrow. 
Yeah. Okay. So keep that in mind. They'll have options. They don't have to draft one. I mean, if you're, you can get a tight end at a bargain like you got Hayden Hurst who wants to come in and do just what Hayden Hurst did because Hayden Hurst might get paid. He might. And maybe not here. So I, I think that'll be one of the most interesting rooms to see is what direction do they go when they kind of start from scratch there. Um, I think there's a chance Hayden Hurst is amongst that group that comes back. They love his energy. Loved, loved who he was. Loved the way he approached the game. Loved the chip on his shoulder. Um, so I think that they'd be interested in it. But it's a matter of how the rest of the league viewed his bounce back year and, and how they viewed the way he played. Because if he's going to get more money, they don't need to go that direction. They can get the next Hayden Hurst to come in and play for four and draft somebody and re-sign Drew Sample to a small deal. Like, they can do that. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's been, he's said this since he got here about how how comfortable he feels here, how at home, how appreciated, how much he enjoys it. So unless somebody does swoop in with with a huge offer, you could absolutely see him back. And I thought you set that percentage perfect at 55, where yeah. better, better odds that he does than he doesn't, but still. Who knows? Very close to a coin flip. Yeah. Um, okay. So they have a lot of, the way they've structured a lot of the deals they currently have, if they want to clear more money um, to have a little bit more room to spend on whatever or do extensions or whatever they want to do, um, they've got opportunities to do it. Here's, I'm not saying that they would do any of these specifically, but the ones that on a blank slate, no name, just look at the numbers. Here's your guys that are the obvious cap casualties uh, that could happen. Um, Trey Hendrickson, ten and a half million, they would save, and they'd take five million in dead money. I think Trey Hendrickson is one of the best value deals in the league. <laughs> so you know, I hardly see you potentially doing that. Although there's options with Trey. Uh, Tyler Boyd, eight point nine million, they would save, one point four in dead money. Uh, Joe Mixon, seven point three million, they would save, letting him go. 5.5, though, they'd take on in dead. Um, Chibay Wuzier, 6.4. Uh, they would save 1.5 in dead money. Lel Collins, 6.2, they would save. And 3.3 in dead money. Uh, most likely of these to happen for you, Jay. Um, Gosh, that's hard. I mean, it's it's a toss-up for me between Collins and Mixon. Um, and it, it it's for different reasons i mean it, it's more positionally with mixon we just know that that running backs it, it's paying them doesn't make a lot of sense you can argue that that it did when they paid joe mixon what he means his energy um how just his presence in that locker room and on the field once he gets going um but again you you've got samaj p ryan who was as efficient as Joe Mixon and you get another young guy or two in in the draft and it's the exact opposite with Leo Collins where he wasn't there for them um in, in the preseason and early in the season and the taking every Wednesday off ends up getting hurt but tackle is so valuable i mean can can you afford to walk away from a starting tackle even though it's it's going to it's going to save you that money um, that, w- that you've seen it. We talked about it. The last two years, the 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 playoff run has ended specifically because of the offensive line. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one I would say would be the more likely. I I, I think the, the most likely is that they would cut both as opposed to keeping both. Um, but if, you, if I had to pick one um, – I think I'd go Collins. I, I would say Mixon. Um, you know, I just look when you look at Smaj P. Ryan out snapping him mm-hmm. by 23 in the AFC Championship game, you know, push comes to shove. They needed him off the field uh, because his pass protection is such a liability. And you're, pe- and you're talking about $7 million. I mean, here's, so here's, here's the other side of that the Bengals don't like to take on a ton of dead money. They've mm-hmm. done it much more in recent years, okay? They have. Here's their biggest dead money hits they've taken on. Geno Atkins, uh, they took on 5.2. Trey Waynes, they took on 5. Drake Kirkpatrick, they took on 2.8. Uh, 
um, the most they've ever taken on. Now, this is, again, something that's changed, but those have been obvious. Gino was obvious. Trey Waynes mm. was brutally obvious. Drake or Patrick, for, I think, internally was pretty obvious what they wanted to do. Um, how obvious is Joe Mixon? Yeah. Most dead money ever taken on obvious? Probably. I mean, 7.3 is a big number. I mean, throw the dead money out, which they've gotten better at doing. At just forgetting that sunk cost, right? Just say it out loud. Seven point three million more on your cat. Mm. You know, let it all, let the rest of it go. I think they're getting they're getting better at doing that. A guy they like, a guy who's been part of their culture, part of their juice. But you know, over the course of the year, how much different was he than anybody else? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're reshaping your team anyway, you're not worried about your leadership, man. Like with or without Joe Mixon. Great juice guy. Like, but they have a team full of juice at this yeah. point. And they have incredible leadership with other positions. To me, I think that's the one where you're you're letting Joe Mixon go and you bring Samaj P. Ryan back and you draft a guy. The end. Right? I mean, third, fourth round running back, maybe a vet. Think about a guy. I, I keep looking at Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know he's still under contract with the Chiefs, but they don't use him anymore. You got to feel like he, they're probably, I mean, they're basically done with him. They, they were ready, they were ready done with him before the year started. Reunite him with Joe Burrow from their LSU days. Somebody they really liked. Again, a veteran who could be out there mm-hmm. to help you plug and, and, and a rookie that could be developed and become a guy. I mean, look at Isaiah Pacheco. Christ, he's seventh round pick. But look, at, look around the whole league. These Damian Pierce, look at these dudes. Go get you a young guy. Doesn't matter the round. It's not a one year thing either. I mean, we've seen this the last decade. You, you can get you can get a running back in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and he can be your starter and be one of the best in the league. No question. No question. Especially if you value it. You start talking about fourth round. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, but any they've come from everywhere. They've come from everywhere. I mean, all you got to do is look at some of the teams that are playing right now uh, and where some of their contributors have come from. Uh, okay. The Collins thing. Yeah, I think that's. I think he's certainly another one most likely. Boyd is really interesting decision to me. Again, culture, core piece. Burrow, one of Burrow's targets, the big three. But again, you're you're clearing a lot of space if you potentially want to, um, and you feel like you need it. And we, you know, I don't know. It goes both ways because how much can you talk about, oh, if only they would have had Boyd on the, the the rest of that game, how different it would have been, how teams double T, double Jamar, dare you to beat him inside. That's mm-hmm. because you have Boyd in there. Now, $8.9 million, But to me, I think he's too valuable. I think he's too important in your passing game. I think you go another year with the big three under their current contracts and you roll with him. But I do think blindly on a numbers basis, age, position i mean he's a slot receiver they they just don't have another answer there and i know you could go out and get a receiver to want to come play with joe burrow but if you're doing that aren't you just taking the same chance that you would if it was tyler boyd over let's say you find another receiver for four or five mil like just keep boyd at that point so to me i just think he's too much a part of the core too much a part of everything to do offensively and this is the last year of his deal. And you know it's up after that. You know it's over mm-hmm. after that. And you need to find somebody. Like, they need to draft a receiver who can be your number four backup guy and potentially your slot of the future. Or maybe your edge, I mean, outside of the future, because T. Higgins is going to come in this conversation. Yep. They got to figure that out. They definitely need to invest in that position again because it's coming. But I think you can give it one more ride. Yeah, it's a little bit different than the the mix and P Ryan situation because it, Trenton Irwin has been impressive in the way he stepped up this year. But sure. the, the the gap between Irwin and Boyd is considerably different than than the gap between Mixon and P Ryan. And I I do I, I agree with you there. I I feel like just finish it out one more ride with the big three, um, and then thank Tyler Boyd for his service and and go a different direction. Yeah, and have somebody in place where you feel comfortable going this year. Yes, and that's such a big part. The Bengals have always operated this way. They love having the having the answer already in place. See Hill, comma Dax. See drafting Jesse Bates 
when they had Sean Williams and like and kind of push, you know, they they do this all the time. They their attempt at tackle with bait with uh, Obwehi and Fisher, like they at important positions, they they like to have the answer being groomed and in place and and set in motion, which is why to me, I, I they just don't. They haven't done it. They didn't address it. Mm-hmm. You know, when the draft went by last year and they didn't take a receiver, when they didn't take, you know, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, you know, and have somebody like that in, in the in the system was when it to me it said, well, they'll just should go forward with Boyd another year rather than take a chance on an outsider. So yeah, I, I think that's that's part of it. All right, let's just take a quick break. T. Higgins' name is coming up. Reminder, he's not a free agent, people. Like I, I think people think he's a free <laughs> agent or something. Uh he is not a free agent. He's entering the last year of his deal. He is extension eligible. So think two years ago, Jesse Bates, same agent, first foray trying to do an extension with the Bengals. You assume that conversation is going to happen. Is it going to go the same way? Is it going to be more of David Mulgetta's camp trying to get big guaranteed money and the Bengals saying, no, we don't do that that way. And how is that going to work? Shit. Teams have done this, right? Teams have traded a prominent receiver when they reach the extension portion of the conversation. It's not working. They have made these trades. And... We've seen it. Now we're talking about the Giants, right? They need receivers. What would they offer? A first, their number 25 overall, and their, their third overall for T. Higgins? You know, would they do that? Would the Bengals do that? Who says no, mm. right? You know, you do have to start thinking about that. If you aren't going to pay T. Higgins in the long run, are you just going to try to bully your way through this thing like you did with Bates and hope the same outcome happens where you get the two years? You know, one this year, maybe a franchise tag. Then you're considering tag and trade, and you get in all that. You got to start to think about what, you, how you want to handle that. To me, I think they're going to try to bully their way through this year. I think they're going to try to do an extension. It probably won't happen, and they're going to assume that T's going to play on this deal in year four, and that's what they'd prefer. One more run at it. That said, there is precedent out there of teams trading guys when they realize that it's not going to happen in the long run. You know you could get something like a first-round pick and just bring in another you know, quality rookie. I think that would be a touch out of character for the Bengals in the way I know Duke Tobin wants to operate. Um, but it's certainly something they'll have to consider and see what see what bubbles up. I mean, we, we've talked about it where teams have struggled to, to have a high-paid quarterback and a high-paid wide receiver. Could the Bengals afford – Long term to have Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. I, I just, I, I if if their plan is to extend Chase, which it should be next year, I, I don't know that there's there's room to to give Higgins an extension this year. And like you said, it, bully him or just leave it in his court. Say, hey, we're 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 going to hold you to your rookie deal and see if he plays or not. Um, I don't I don't see him holding out, but you just you never know how these things are going to go. You don't, you don't. And, and you know, the amount that receivers are making these days and how much, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's changes, it changes everything. Again, we mentioned it in the Burrow conversation, who knows? Maybe right. Burrow, Burrow will say, let's, let's make sure T stays and Jamar stays. Give me these guys and I'll be fine and cares about that. We, we just, you don't know, but it's, it's obviously going to be um, a part of this conversation when you start talking about that. Um you know, other extensions, Logan Wilson extension eligible, everybody from that draft. Um, I feel like they're going to have Wilson play it out um, and have him try to go. Maybe I, They'll talk to him. I mean, again, all these guys you'll talk to and you'll consider, and maybe and maybe they do find a way to make it done. I think Logan Wilson's going to have interest in, in a bet on me year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that they get an extension done with him, but it'll be a part of the, it'll certainly be a part of the conversation. Um and again, what is this coaching staff? Is it, do they get extreme continuity? Uh, do they get all of their coordinators back? <laughs> I mean, if you have that, you're still talking about a lot of continuity, a lot of room to add free agents, another draft um, where you're bringing in more people to add to the mix. Um, there's a lot there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot there to say that this team on paper could be better in September than this one. Uh, was walking off the field in Kansas City. Certainly, when you consider health, you're bringing your whole line back that was so good if you want, or maybe getting it a lot better. Maybe you're drafting a tackle of the future. I mean, draft needs, they're not really shoved into anything. I think they need to be drafting an offensive tackle. 
Um, Jonah Williams is going to be in the fifth year option. That's all fully guaranteed. So he's back. But what are you doing? How confident are you in him at left mm-hmm. tackle? You know, and and are you even bringing Collins back? You know, is he back? Are you drafting somebody and considering moving different pieces around that way? That'll be interesting. But you have so much continuity where, where you're you do have a lot of players coming back. You pro- you could potentially have all your coordinators coming back again, adding pieces. This team can very easily be be better next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's crazy because we talked about this team that just finished being better than last year. You go to a Super Bowl and you have the ability to say, we're going to be even better than we were last year when we went to the Super Bowl. We're going to be even better the year after that. Um, that's that's what the way that they've handled the cap leads to. That's what the continuity of the coaching staff leads to. They've they've built this the right way. They and they and Duke talked about it. They're not going to be an all-in type of team. Every year is important to them. They're not going to mortgage their future. When you play it that way, if 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 you have a successful year where you're not decimated by injuries, you can do that. You can continue to ascend for a, a large window, three, four years, um, and, and it's it's on the table. It is absolutely out there that that we could be talking about the the 2023 Bengals being the best of this this three year window. And the word is out. This is a good place to play. Yeah, play players like how they're treated. It, you know, the word is out on how easy they take it on them to make <laughs> sure that they stay healthy, uh, that there's mostly good dudes. You're going to play on a lot of big stages. You might win the Super Bowl. You're playing with Burrow. Like I just think the word is out internally. The word is out across the league. When people start talking about places they want to go, then you start to have things fall on your lap that help you build depth. You got to take advantage of those. You got to be willing to go out and get those. Um but, you know, you can do things. And if you can be smart and add, I mean, look at the way the Eagles added late in free agency. When you're talking about trades, you know, Bradbury, Nicole Coleman, whatever. Like you're talking about, or excuse me, Gardner Johnson. You're, you're talking about adding guys late. You can, you can that, that say, you know what? This is where I want to go. This is where mm-hmm. I want to be. This is where I feel like I have a good chance, you know, to, to do something. You can do that. Because the, I, they know you'll they'll take care of you here, and this has been a good place, and people really like it, and they think the culture is really good. Like that matters. That helps you to keep your depth up and and not kill yourself financially. That and continuing to draft well, which last year's draft class appears like it's panning out. Mm-hmm. You know, they've gotten contributors. All they've drafted well consistently. You know, Duke Tobin, Mike Potts, that whole staff. Um, you know, they've they've continued to hit there, and they've hit in free agency. You know, but I do think this you'll you'll see them dabble, but I do think this this now fully gets you into draft developer tain continuity uh, type of offseason feels like the theme. All right. Again, we'll I know we're covering a lot of ground here, and you're like, Jesus, how far are you into this? Like, what is going on? But um again, we're sort of on the we're we're moving we're into the offseason, just just one show. So we're kind of trying to get all of this stuff in now to really set the base for everybody to have a feel for how the offseason is going to go uh, before we flip it forward. So on that note, Jay, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, did you have any quick Arby's? Um, you know, I did. I, I think I think we did kind of hit on it after the, the game. Um, just how impressed I was with the 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 way the guys were handling themselves after that loss there was the devastation was apparent um but they were there nobody said no to an interview and nobody was short or snippy there was a lot of thoughtful introspective comments and um i i know that we as reporters appreciate that i think the fan base appreciates that you know it's something that goes back to what mo hit on where the, the, this fan base really likes these players and they, they, yes, they like watching them play, but they like hear from them too. They like to know who they are as people and, and, and what's making them tick. And I just, I, I was, I was really surprised by how productive that post game locker room was. Um, and then the other, just, I was not surprised at all based on what last year was, but the amount of Bengal fans that were in Kansas city um, was impressive. And, 
the number of them that came up to us at the airport or at Kansas City Live, anywhere we were around town at the hotel bar. It was just it's rewarding. And and it I know some people are probably like, oh, I don't want to bother them. But but we do. If you guys come up and tell us that you appreciate the show, you appreciate our work. Uh, we we do enjoy that. And so I just wanted to thank everybody, all the people that did come up to us and, and express their gratitude for a season's worth of content. Man, I could not agree more. Like yeah. I just there. I know this sounds really basic, um, but like I, I would just say this for people: if you know anybody, and like particularly we're in the business of content creation, whether whether it's whether we're writing a story and we pour our tons of time and effort, and energy, and, and thought into it, or a podcast, or the amount of time we put into trying to plan the podcast, try to make mm-hmm. it interesting. And people across this whole, I hope you do the same thing with other people that are in this market, the local reporters or whoever that you like. Please tell them if you appreciate a story or, and so many of you do. And it, it just means a lot. Like, because the, like, I, I know I feel the same way. Anytime I see somebody, I try to as much as I can tell somebody, man, that was a great podcast or a great interview mm-hmm. or love that story. You know, to people, and again, it sounds basic, but to people that are, I know, in our business and really any business, I would say probably is across the board. I try mm-hmm. to do is anywhere. Tell people if if you appreciate or you liked something they did, it really goes a long way. I don't think you know how much that means and how much it helps us. It helps whoever you're saying it to, and and I hope you know, I hope this podcast and everything has been good for you. But all those people that have done that, God, it means a lot, and it's just really cool. And I just am very thankful for all of you that have made us part of your routine and and made us part of your Bengals experience uh we really really appreciate it and that was kind of mine too yeah uh, uh sorry to jump in and steal no your no there, no not at all no not at all the same thing and i was gonna say most of it was you know we turned into a nice little saturday there uh yeah we didn't go to bed bath and beyond it had, you know don't have enough time but it was like we were just trying to trying to put a break in the middle of the day we end up seeing Johnny's where Mo was hanging out. Like, oh, Mo said he was here. I'm going to go and see if he's there. Next thing we know, the break's gone. We're hanging out at KC Live, having a drink, smoking a cigar while every where a million Bengals fans are walking in the door, <laughs> people saying hi, seeing people. Uh, it was awesome. That was just such a fun experience, um, even though it made the day long and a little more uh, more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, it goes that way sometimes, doesn't it, Jay? The, uh, it was my favorite. I was gonna say my favorite part is when you're at KC Live and there's Bengal fans everywhere. Then it's it's different. But when you're on a plane, or you're in the airport, you're somewhere like that, and someone says, "Hey, I love the podcast," or "I love your work." I love watching everybody else around, like looking, like who are these guys? Like you know, <laughs> they, they don't understand why that we're getting thanked well, no, for our man. work. And um, I, I always <laughs> take note of that when people like look up and like, "Oh, who who are these guys?" Uh, it's great. Um, run passer boot recap. How do we do, Jay? Uh, you did great. Um, none of neither of us hit it perfect, but um, you you were spot on. It was uh, what's going to be greater: Chiefs rushing yards, Mahomes passer rating, or Kelsey receiving. Um, you went Mahomes passer rating, and that was uh, bigger by a mile. Mahomes passer rating one hundred five point four, Kelsey seventy eight. Chiefs rushing yards, 42. I ran with Chiefs rushing yards. I really thought with Mahomes' injury and their offensive line and their their, their backs that are able to, to get get going on the ground that they were going to run the ball really well. Um, Bengals held them to 42 yards. They were not able to run the ball. on, And it wasn't for a lack of trying. I think they had seven, six or seven rushes in the first quarter alone and kind of just decided, hey, we're not going to be able to run against this Bengals defense. Uh, growler bet recap. Uh, we ended up with eight seconds, right? Yes. Number. Uh, did we have any winners on Twitter? We did. We have a repeat winner, although I don't want to say he exploited a loophole. He may have discovered it accidentally, but we had the three second buffer. And then we had the contingency in there where if you say it's in the final 10 seconds, you have to pick the yardage. Well, Alex at Namrick 11 he said, 
11 seconds. Ah. So he didn't, he didn't have to pick a yardage, Excellent. but he still was within the three second buffer. So Alex, who won uh, a growler last year, I believe he's the one that we made show the ID to prove he was <laughs> old enough to have beer uh, when he showed up at this year's preseason one. But uh, yes, Alex was the uh, lone winner I saw on Twitter. Uh, congratulations, Alex. Well played. Well played. Um, I credit him on that. Um I didn't have any so closes. I did have some of my favorite subject headers was uh, from David Murphy. Get $200 in free bets, promo code Growler. Also pointing out he never wants to see Kevin Hart on his television screen ever again. Uh, with all the, uh, all the gambling ads that have happened. Uh, Ray White, of course, too many chiefs, not enough growlers. Uh, for those that know <laughs> the uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Um, uh, Davey Drummond, I appreciated his, uh, his he, he went real deep. Well, it's Growler Day, again, with a Bill Murray Groundhog Day <laughs> meme, which I, he actually made and sent to me, which I appreciated as well. So thanks to everybody that sent those in during the year. Um, and Alex, at our next live event, you can come collect some of your delicious 50 West beer. And shout out to Bobby, Optimistic Bobby, yeah. and everything they've got going down there at 50 West, uh, because uh, it's, they've got the, the brew pub back open now. And uh, the the little more high end food happening over there, which is really good, and the campus is still off the charts. We'll be back there soon. Looking forward to it. We did have a so close. We did have a so close. It was you. You you said four seconds left, so the three second buffer would be seven. The answer was eight, so you missed by one second, and then your predicted yardage was forty three, and the game winning kick was forty five. So, oh my god, how close <laughs> was I? I didn't realize. I did not. I hadn't even thought about myself. I forgot about my yes. own. Wow. Almost had it. Almost had it. Just off off by two yards in one second. <laughs> yeah. So close. So close for myself. Uh, that's a good way to wrap it up here, Jay, unless I forgot something. How could nope. I possibly have forgotten something? I apologize to everyone that thought you weren't going to have to listen to two hours of me <laughs> and Jay here today. But here we are. One a week now. One a week. Uh, all right. We'll be back next week. Uh, and talk a little bit more as we get into the off season and we'll have coaching and emergency pod season, of course, is always here upon if something major happens, um, like, you know, a contract <laughs> extension, uh, then we'll be, we'll be in an emergency pod. Call it, call it. If you want it, send us tweets with the, with the sirens, emergency pod alert. Let us know if you think it's, think it's worthy. I always appreciate that. What you guys think is worthy of an emergency pot. And uh, we'll sneak those in on top of our one a week until we get into closer to free agency uh, and combine. Uh, we'll be, we'll be back for you before you know it. So, all right. Thanks to Moega for joining us. Thanks to everybody for following along with us all season. It has been an absolute blast yes. doing it with you. So thanks everybody. Have a good one. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.